Good morning, Mike Broomhead. Sounds like you have a packed show today. Yeah, it's going to be busy. It's going to be a busy day. Thanks, Jamie. And uh, good morning, everyone. Yeah, a big show today. We are going to be talking with the uh, supervisor, the uh, chairman of the County Board of Supervisors of Maricopa County, Clint Hickman, will join us in about 30 minutes from I should I should say 50 minutes from right now at 9.05. So we're looking forward to talking with him about this report. Uh, we all want elections to be fair. We all want elections to be uh, done the, correct, the right way. There were obvious mistakes made on Election Day that they are now saying weren't they were able to be foreseen, but we're going to find out what they were. We also are going to ask the supervisor about what those mistakes were, if they were in fact mistakes, that there was nothing done intentionally, but also now what remedies are they going to employ? What happens next? How do the voters in Maricopa County know that in 2024 we are going to have as smooth an election as possible? Everybody just wants it to be a fair Election, and I think that's that's a, that's a reasonable thing for people to want. Um, going to start this morning in a different place. Going to go o- up to the Louisville shooter. Yesterday, another shooting. This time at a bank by an employee. Um, there is a, there are people are looking into the motives, and that I think is going to play a big role in this. But immediately again, the White House came out and made some statements. Now, as most of you know. I am certainly not a gun control advocate whatsoever, but that does not mean, and this, I'm speaking on behalf, and I think I can do this, I'm speaking on behalf of all of the people that are legal gun owners in this country. Just because we push back against gun control measures doesn't mean we are not as concerned as anybody else at stopping these events from happening. We just don't believe with our knowledge of what's going on and our knowledge of guns and gun laws that new gun laws are going to solve this problem or even put a dent in this problem. That's the major reason for pushback here. You know what's interesting is when it comes to um, the environment or anything else, it's the people that are involved directly that care the most about how it's run. Um, Anyway, we have uh, um, this idea in our heads that somehow the guns are the problem. Give you an example. The White House said yesterday that one of the things that should be done is removing the um, the preclusion or right now you can't sue a gun manufacturer if somebody uses one of those guns in a mass shooting they are exempt from being sued and they want to remove all of those which is one of the most absolutely ridiculous things I've ever heard of in my life and let me explain why this is if I've used this as an analogy for gun control in the past and I'm going to get into this person specifically that committed this crime but um The fastest, I believe the fastest you can drive anywhere in this country on any freeway is like 85 miles an hour. Um, Some are 80. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's 80. And I think in Arizona it's 75. But you can't go, let's say 85 is the maximum speed that you are allowed to go. And in in Arizona, anything over 80 is, is I think, is criminal speed. So even if it's 5 miles an hour or a 75-mile-an-hour zone, but you can't drive 85, 90 miles an hour. And if you get caught, it's a criminal offense. It's a criminal offense. It's considered to be criminal speed. You should have to make an appearance in court if you're going oh, like 20 miles an hour over the speed limit or greater. You, they, they can write you a summons and you have to go to court. So why in the world would you need a vehicle that goes 150, 160, 170 miles an hour? The answer is you don't. But is, has anybody ever asked that question when a high-speed crash kills people? 
a couple of years ago, there were many, uh, there were a bunch of people that were, because they were famous athletes, gone out partying, got drunk, driving well over 100 miles an hour, caused crashes, killed people. Nobody blamed the car. Nobody said if it's a Corvette or a McLaren or whatever, Maserati, whatever those vehicles are that are capable of very high speeds. No one has ever said, you know, GM should be on the hook. Corvette is a GM car. And if you've seen them, they are cool looking cars that look like small little jets. And, you know, if you have one, you are dangerous on the road because why else would you buy a Corvette except to drive really, really fast? And you're a nuisance. You're a menace. Those are assault cars, as a matter of fact. That's an assault vehicle. So um, no one's ever said that. Can you imagine whatever it is a manufacturer makes? This is an attempt to get around the Second Amendment by saying we are going to overwhelm these these manufacturers with lawsuits to the point that they either shut down or they stop making the weapons we don't like. Now, I want you to think about this, and I hope you'll think hard. I know it's an emotional issue. But in these cases, if you look at the video, and the video was startling in what happened in Nashville. But the, there was a, it was a carbine that was used by the, by the shooter, and uh, the shooter was shooting at police cars in the parking lot. It gunned down three kids, gunned down teachers, but then was gunned down by cops. With an assault rifle. Now, I say assault rifle because that's your word, not mine. So the very weapons that you want to take out of the hands of people, the police department finds necessary. And I would say to you that a good measure for me when it comes to what is legal and and, and lawful for a citizen to have is if my local police feel like they may need it in a situation, why shouldn't I have access to it? Now, I'm not saying that's what the law says. I'm talking to you about my common sense in my head. If a DPS trooper that is uh, on a motorcycle that is running traffic on the freeways has an AR-15 on the back of his or her motorcycle, why is it that I'm this suspicious person if I own one as well? Well, the chances, Mike, that you're ever going to run into a criminal. Well, look at what has been happening around this country. We have a huge increase in violent crime. We have uh, prosecutors who don't want to prosecute those crimes that are letting people go without bail, without bond. We are seeing the revolving door of the criminal justice system spending spinning faster than it ever has, and you want to tell me I don't have a right to defend myself. This is where the gun control conversation should come in. If you can't listen to my reasonable defense and internalize it without screaming that I don't care about dead children, that's a you problem, not a me problem. But let's look at what's going on here. Uh, The possible motive. Um, This is uh, ABC News from Louisville. This is a possible motive from this shooter. We're trying to get some more details on the motive of the shooter. While sources have told us that he was told he was going to be fired, there's still, of course, a lot of questions as to what would lead a young man like this to commit such a heinous act, especially when, as we heard from these former employees at the bank, that at least in their opinion, they did not see any red flags. So when you look at this, um, they say they don't see any red flags. We're going to find that out. He left a note behind, apparently. This is that same reporter going on. Police now also naming the gunman, 25-year-old Connor Sturgeon. His LinkedIn profile shows he'd worked at the bank for several years, but sources tell ABC he was recently given notice he was going to be fired, and he left a note to his parents and friends indicating he planned to shoot up the bank. 
So this is a premeditated attack. We we talk. You hear me talk with my friend Steve Hooper. I just had dinner with him and his wife recently, and we talked about these incidents and what their their belief is. And the belief is there has to be somebody in a company. Now, would it have prevented this? We don't know. But usually, usually people don't go from being a law abiding citizen without any indicators of violence to jumping up and murdering a bunch of people. This is a person that was going to be fired. Let's wait and see. Why don't we wait and see until we find out were there signs ahead of time? There's there's a lot of debrief that goes on, and I wish people would take this into consideration. When law enforcement is involved in any kind of a situation that becomes violent, whether it ends well for police and everybody involved with nobody injured or it ends with injuries or loss of life, there is a debrief that happens. They go through body cam footage. They go through reports. And what they do is they look and see what did we do well and what could we have done better and what should we do better in the future? What can we learn from this? And none of us, none of us are doing this with these shootings. It immediately, and it isn't me, it isn't people on the side of um, the Second Amendment. It is always the anti-gun crowd that immediately, before the bodies have been removed from the crime scene, run to microphones phones and want to argue about guns themselves. Why aren't we talking about real solutions? Why don't we find out what the telltale signs were from this guy? Why aren't we doing what FBI profilers started doing when they started the program for profiling? Why aren't we looking at indicators from people? Why are we not looking for keys? Why are we not saying the major corporations and school districts and places where large numbers of people can be sitting ducks for things like this? Why aren't we saying These are the things that your threat assessment people should be looking for, and then these are the things that can be done. We should start building that right now. We built databases of fingerprints. We built DNA databases. We have have, um, national databases where criminals' information is being kept. We have profile databases on serial killers and on serial rapists and abusers, and we do this to kind of build up what you think. You're probably looking for someone. It's never 100%. You're looking for this kind of person or that kind of person. Why are we not looking in that avenue? The reason why is it's being used as a reason to assault the Second Amendment. And instead of saying what can be done, what else? And if you want or someone that still thinks guns are the problem, fair enough. But why aren't you saying, well, what else can we do in the meantime? You want to blame me? You want to blame Republicans? These Republicans are never going to cave. They're too invested in the gun lobby. The NRA has them by by the short hairs and they can't. Fine. So then what else can you do? What? And you do not want to investigate it because of this issue. And it's a shame because I think there's a lot to learn and a lot that can be done. What we're going to do in a moment is we're going to talk about the Valley economy. As one of our experts always says, it's about beds and eds, hospitals and schools, and the Valley's going strong. We'll talk about it coming up here in just one moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. I want to invite you to stick around. Top of the hour, 30 minutes from right now, Clint Hickman. He is the uh, chairman of the County Board of Supervisors in Maricopa County. In to talk about the report that came out yesterday about the mistakes that were made and the delays in voting and what happened in Maricopa County in the 2022 midterm elections. 
So that should be an interesting conversation for that half hour of the show. Hope you can be here for it. Um, the Arizona economy, as our friend Kristen Bentz from KB Advisory Group always says, is you can look at a strong economy. It's about beds and eds. If they're building hospitals and schools, your economy is in good shape. How about this? Healthcare and apartment towers boost crane count in downtown Phoenix is the headline from the Business Journal. And when you look at uh, when you look at our skyline, you look at what's happening. The questions I have is, is about inflation, but it's also about interest rates. Are we going to see because of these uh, these uh, high interest rates a slowing down of investors borrowing money and investing in big projects that could that could hurt our economic future? But it's also about what the consumers are paying and whether or not the average person is still able to spend money outside of the necessities. That discretionary income is such a big part of our economy. So here's Alex Stone from ABC talking about price increases in fuel. A week ago, OPEC Plus, which includes Russia, decided to cut production. That sent oil prices spiking and already we're paying the price every time we fill up. In the past week, the average price of regular unleaded rose 10 cents to 3.60 a gallon. According to new data from the Energy Department, prices jumping 13 cents in the Midwest and 12 cents in the lower Atlantic. It comes as travel demand is rising with better weather and moving towards summer. Still, though, Americans are paying 50 cents a gallon less than a year ago. So um, I guess that's the good news. We're not setting records, but we're still extremely high. Our wages keeping up with inflation. Um, this, to me, is a big indicator of the direction that the national economy is heading. We may be on a bit of an island in Arizona, but we are not going to go unscathed, especially if we see a fall off um, in other places. What is, you know, when you look at what the investors are doing, uh, TSMC is seeking clarity from federal government as CHIPS Act amid subsidy concerns. Again, we tax the things we want less of, we subsidize the things we want more of. And that, to me, is always an adage that works for government. Um, The idea that we are going to tax major corporations and they're going to stick around, it's just not going to happen. A little bit later, we're going to talk about incentivizing in a different realm. What I mean by that is cops in the city of New York and other they call blue states or blue cities, and most cities are blue, whether the states are or not is a different story. But uh, New York cops and people from uh, cops from other blue states, from Chicago, Illinois, and other places, are racing to Florida to fill gaps. In law enforcement, why is that? Well, there are a couple of reasons why, and a part of it has to do with taking away the incentive, and I'm talking about the emotional incentive of being a police officer when you're in cities where you are abused by city leadership and their opinions of who you are. Phoenix has done a good job of not doing that, but we're going to get to that later. This is also about incentivizing. If you are and, – and you and I are exactly the same as major corporations and business people. We like to think we're not sometimes. We like to think that we don't do things like they do. We're They're greedy. Well, let me explain. Here's what you and I do. We pay as little for a product as we need to. We have an expectation of good service and value for what we spend money on. That's everyone. If you're a business owner or, or let's say it's you, you're going to you want to buy a car. So you start doing your homework and you're looking around at where to buy this vehicle. 
You go to a place that treats you very well. They're very friendly. They seem to be telling you the truth. They're giving you financing options. They give you a very good price on this vehicle. And then you go to another dealership, and you kind of get that routine that you get sometimes. And the price isn't as good. Aren't you going to say to that second person, hey, listen, not only can I get this vehicle cheaper down the road, they treated me with much more respect down there than you treated me. This is a major purchase in my life. Buying a vehicle is a big purchase for me. A, I want to do it with someone that treats me like a human being. And B, I want to do it somewhere where I'm going to get maximum value for the money I'm spending. And you're going to go in that direction. Well, businesses are no different. When they are looking to settle somewhere, they are going to look at places that are friendly to the business environment where they can pay a reasonable amount of taxes but keep the majority of their profits, where there seems to be a partnership in the relationship with regulatory agencies that just want things to be done the right way as opposed to people that want you to make sure you know the government's in charge. And whether you like that or not, that is, a, that is how things should work and do work. When businesses understand, when major investors understand that whether it's an individual selling a property or it's a contractor building a property or it's a government agency, uh, you know, when I say agency, it's a government um, uh, company, you know, a government agency, state or city that is saying we are regulating what you're doing. If it's a relationship, they're a lot more likely to buy in than a dictatorship that you you do what we say. They'll go somewhere else. It's one of the reasons why Arizona has been so successful. They've created a business-friendly environment without sacrificing quality, and they've made a tax base that makes it intriguing and enticing to people to come here because they're going to keep more of their profits. And everybody benefits. Your ability to get a higher wage is because there are so so many jobs open and they're looking for people. Coming up in a moment, Gatos is going to join me. We do it every day. It's called the Big Q Poll Question of the Day. So please stick around for it. The Gatos Big Q Poll Question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Well, good morning, Gatos. I'm here reporting for duty. (laughs) It sounds like, remember when John Kerry did that when he ran for president? Do you oh, not I take it that? back then. Do you remember no, when he I, did now, that? No, now I take it back. So it's he did, stupid. So he did this. He, he, oh, gosh. It was like Washington crossing the Delaware River. Remember, he was a swift boat captain. So he crossed yeah. this body of water. I don't remember which body of water it was for the Democratic nomination or whatever. And he gets <laughs> off this little boat where he's standing like Washington at the front of the boat. <laughs> oh. And he actually salutes and says, John oh. Kerry reporting for duty. A oh, true story. Oh, <laughs> I voted for plenty of Democrats and plenty of Republicans, but John Kerry is not a guy I voted for, yeah, and I'm pretty happy about that. That was a, I am too, and now he's our, oh. our climate czar. Oh, jeez. But you never hear from the guy. He's on a plane. He's a millionaire. He's on <laughs> one of those private jets and all that he kind is. of stuff, right? <laughs> hey, I got a good cue, and I'm interested to see if you're a yes on this. Okay, okay? let's hear it. Let's hear it. Are you, are you paying attention to the Lori Vallow Daybell murder trial? Yes or no? Nope. Okay. Do you know how crazy this trial is? Yes. And, I'm familiar, okay, but I'm not following it. 
It's pretty interesting because I think you can make an argument that this lady is worse than Jody Arias. Okay. And I think you can make an argument that this case might be right up there with Jody Arias. When you look at like these trials, it's mm-hmm. OJ number one. It'll always be OJ number one. Jody Arias, I think, is two. You can argue that. Mm-hmm. But this, this, this is a case where it's like... She may have killed both of her kids because she thought they were zombies. And she, you know what she was doing? She said she was doing him a favor, sending him to heaven. Hmm. She killed her husband. She killed somebody else. She's alleged to kill somebody else's wife and then marrying the guy two weeks later. It's and Netflix has a um, has has a whole documentary about this. It is one of the most crazy and bizarre. And she's from Arizona, by the way. A now lot of I want to watch in it. Arizona. Now I want to yeah. start following. Yeah, it's. I'm telling you, this is going to be one of the the bigger cases that we've seen in a long time. I don't think it's on a lot of people's radar. Uh, and, you know, I just kind of clicked the poll. It's like 70% say, no, we're not watching. I think if you, if you start watching this, you're going to be intrigued by it because it has sex, power. Uh, it's got murder. Uh, it, it, it's got it, it's got uh, end of days. It, it's really, really crazy and intriguing because huh. you know you want to get into the mind of why would you kill or have your two small children killed? Yeah, that's, why would you do that? Yeah, that is you know. That, ooh, yeah, that the thought of that crazy. is just so. Yeah. It's, cre- it's crazy, but then the reasoning behind it and the, the trail of dead people that follow this woman uh, who used to live here in Arizona, I'm just giving you the heads up. No, it's great. I think, I, it's, I think I'm going to start following. Be big. I will. Yeah. Well, yeah, thanks, Gatos. It's be a big case. What a happy, right, what a happy question. Thanks today. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, have a wonderful <laughs> and pleasant afternoon. Thanks. <laughs> That's Gatos. The BQ poll question today brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. We are going to speak with Clint Hickman from the County Board of Supervisors about the report on the election of 2022. We'll get some answers and hopefully some solutions as well.